Online Gaming presents 40K Stat Center with your hosts, Val Heffelfinger and the Falcon. Battlefield Birmingham stays medieval in trying times, recording results on postcards and tabulating scores with an abacus. And then we bash back over brass tacks to get you the results from the Barry Bash. And we rushed right over to the Rumble at Romford. The Scots held another secret event. Maryland does what Maryland do. This is probably the last one for a while. My friends, this is Stat Center. All right, Pete, here we go. I guess uh, we've got one last show teed up here, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, uh, the end has come, at least for a while. Yeah. Um, if uh, you folks are have been hiding in, under rocks or have been uh, in some kind of remote cabin in the middle of the woods, in the middle of nowhere, bit of a virus going on. Uh, most places have uh, told everyone to shelter in place or have cut uh, meetings down to 10 or less people. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, very unlikely we're going to see a lot of GTs and majors in the, in the next coming, coming weeks, I maybe think, months. I think um, uh, more to the point, and uh, I'm not going to lump you in with me, Pete, but uh, I, I think if there are GTs either this week or in future weeks, I don't feel comfortable covering them at this point. And, uh, oh. and so I think, uh, I think it's time that we, uh, we try and give it our best on this show. Talk up the last, we got five events from last weekend. Again, probably still a little, uh, long in the tooth to be running events even last weekend, but we're going to cover them and, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll then, uh, we'll, we'll go into some social distancing for stat center for the foreseeable future. No, for sure. And, and I agree a hundred percent. You and I talked about this over the last, well, probably two or three weeks now, mm-hmm. um, that, uh, like, I don't want people to be going to events, um, at this kind of troubling time. It's, it's something we shouldn't be doing. And, uh, it's something we shouldn't be promoting either. Uh, like we do have people that message us sometimes tongue in cheek, but other times I'm not quite sure, you know, saying that they're going to these events cause they want to get on stat center or they want to get some kind of recognition. They want their ITC points. Um, and I don't want to be any uh, extra incentive for someone to possibly get ill. Yeah. Or give give this illness to someone else. Yeah, and you know we're part of the Frontline Gaming Network, um, which is awesome and has been an honor uh, thus far, and will continue to be an honor for us. Um, I think I think I'm going to use this position too to suggest that uh, the time has long come and gone that the ITC should suspend awarding points to tournaments. I think um, this is not a political statement, guys. Uh, viruses do not vote. Uh, they do not have stances. Uh, it is time to not fuck around anymore. So I would highly recommend and, and I would ask uh, that uh, the the powers that be just flip a switch. Doesn't mean you guys, you, you don't have to say people have to end their events, but let's stop creating incentives to do it. I know we all love this game. We love tournaments. We love being part of this community, but right now something bigger is happening and uh, we need to do our part and we need to stop creating such really ripe opportunities uh, for a lot of people to get this and pass it along. It's true. It's true. I mean, if a curling bond spiel can get 22 odd people uh, sick, um, just imagine what a Warhammer event can do. Absolutely. So uh, I think we've 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 lectured our audience enough, um, and I think actually a lot of our audience, I would suspect, are you know uh, well in in touch with what we're saying. And uh, the great thing about this um, thing that we do is we've developed 
um, you know, friendships with uh, communities across the world. Uh, that includes uh, China, where things were hit uh, the hardest the, the, in, in the first place. Um, all over Europe, uh, North America, basically the the entire planet is uh, you know in touch with us in some way, shape, or form thanks to this game. Uh, so you know, wherever you are and whatever we're about to go through or are currently going through, uh, we wish you the absolute best and most rapid recovery and to stay healthy and safe for all of you and your families. Amen. Heck yeah. So let's uh, really jarringly switch gears and hit a bump. <laughs> Tournament news is made possible by bestcoastpairings.com. Download the BCP TO app to organize events for just about any tabletop game system. Download the player app to easily find and participate in events from around the world. Around the world. Subscribe to BCP for as little as $5 a month to support the team and unlock additional features available for iOS and Android. BestCoastPairings.com. Competitive events. Easier. All right, everybody. Pete, why don't we swing over to our first stop? That's Battlefield Birmingham, an, a 100-player event held in one what what some people may call the cultural capital of the United Kingdom, Birmingham. Uh, it was uh, uh, quite the event, Pete. What kind of format did they use? Uh, they used, I believe it was a, like an ETC, WTC style format. Mm -hmm. um, Birmingham, Battlefield Birmingham has been around for years and years now. It's kind of like one of those premier off-the-book events uh, that people try to go to. Uh, 100 people showed up. Um, they had a ton of dropouts, of course, due to you know the situation that we're in right now. Um, but even with those dropouts, they still managed to pack out the event. Um and yeah, I mean, excellent showings by some uh, you know big names in the uh, the UK community. I had like Andrew Bourbon show up, uh, Manny Chima, who eventually would win the event. Spoilers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Joe Malum, uh, one of the best Drukari slash uh, GSC players over there. Um, you know, like a, a huge. It was a what do we call it? We always call them a murderer's row of players <laughs> yes, show up. Yes. Um, we've had the TO on before to talk about uh, you know the the long history of the event, how he shuns anything technological. Um, there are pictures on their website of uh, I believe it's his daughter is like writing in like Sanskrit on po uh, postcards the results from events. Perhaps it is cuneiform. Uh, We're not sure. Yeah, it's it's quite possible. Yeah, um, I believe they have a stone somewhere where they etch the the final standings. <laughs> Very really cute. That's right. Um, and they build their own uh, replica of Stonehenge as well, which is uh, mm. which is quite a feat. And uh, no one else can figure out how they do it. No, or why it's even done. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, nonetheless, I think you mentioned uh, Manny Chima was was out to play. So you know, at least one person uh, showed up who uh, is notable. Anyone else? Uh, you know, forego the. The lack of brazen lack of ITC points, which is funny that there was a time where that was that was pretty normal for an event not to give ITC points. Now it's like, what? <laughs> are you crazy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, like most of the glass hammer guys were there. Um, so, you know, Manny, Dan Bates, a, a few others. Uh, Simon Pritis, who we've had on the show before, mm -hmm. brought his Tau out to play. Actually, he's, no, he's the only person to ever say declined to be on the show. So, uh, but he I believe he was on it once. I don't um, think so. Just, oh, no. OK, no. well. Sucks to be him. He should have been. I already mentioned. Uh, I already mentioned um, Joe Malum. Um, the person who came in fourth at the event, Matt Robertson, um, the current uh, lead Sisters of Battle player in the world. Ooh, hey, in, in the, the world. world. 
um, was there to play. He went three zero and two with a wackadoodle list. Um, he ran a Triumph of Saint Catherine of all things, yes. um, which is an amazing model. Most people thought it would never see competitive play. Matt Robertson proved them wrong in decisive fashion. You know, going three zero and two, three mm-hmm. wins and two draws. Mm-hmm. Um, James Grover uh, from over at um, Goonhammer was also there, and I believe he did a write-up on the event. So if you want to go over to Goonhammer, you can check that out. And I believe he also talks a little bit or is planning on doing an entire write-up on Matt Robertson's list because that Triumph of St. Catherine was tricksy-pricksy for him. I would bet. So one of the reasons we're even talking about this event is obviously the one, the only, the Manny Chima uh, was the victor. But you said uh, to me in writing, and I don't know what the difference would be, but you do, uh, that he was running sort of an interesting spin on the possessed bomb, so-called. Do you want to get into that in case? I might get an interview with him. I might not. Uh, But just in case we don't hear from Manny, why don't we hear from you, Pete? Sure. So Manny's uh, new take on the Possessed Bomb uh, relies pretty heavily on rubric marines, of all things. Um, In the past, we've seen with the Possessed Bomb, there's this kind of Nurgle uh, spin to it where uh, where people will take uh, Plague Burst Crawlers um, and Nurglings to try and uh, zone out uh, the Possessed so they can't be shot, you know, using shrouding and things like that Mm -hmm. to keep their opponents uh, from killing the obviously like linchpin unit of the list. Um, but Manny said, you know, why bother with that? Why not just go all out and uh, take some of them good old Rubik Marines? So he's got two squads of 14 uh, Rubik Marines in his list, uh, along with Arima and a couple Sorcerers. And he's got three Zangor Shamans um, in this Thousand Suns Battalion that he brought. Um, and that's just a ton of psychic power that he can uh, that he can uh, use to his advantage. And Rubik Marines are no joke now. Um, while he's not running them as duplicity so he doesn't get that uh, cute uh, redeploy like to within nine inches of your opponent Uh Um, they're still hard to move and the amount of psychic powers he gets out of this is pretty intense Um, he's tagged onto that a Slanesh Supreme Command detachment with uh, the Contorted Epitome who I think at this point everybody knows is just a a terror on the board Uh Um, an Infernal and Rapturous which helps negate his opponent's psychic abilities and uh, Herald of Slanesh um, on top of his, you know, 18 uh, plus possessed in an Alpha Legion detachment. I really like the list. I like his take on it. It's very aggressive. It's not like your standard possessed bomb that tries to, at least, you know, most people play it, sit back, wait for your opponent to make a mistake and then charge in and, and wipe the board. Mm-hmm. It's it's very aggressive up front. I'm, I'm su- first of all, I'm surprised that Manny would be playing an aggressive list. Um, yeah, I mean, he's not known for that whatsoever. He's usually a pussycat on the table. Now, the... Uh, thing I'm wondering is, is the possessed, do they play a similar role? Like, are they as buffed as they would be in other versions? There doesn't seem as much things directly related to buffing them, but I am an ignorant person. Um, he gets enough out of that master of possession, the sorcerer, um, and just what you get out of the demonkin ritualists, um, uh, Vigilist Defiant Detachment. Got it. Sure, he misses out on a few of the buffs, but um, what he what he misses out on, he makes up for with this Thousand Suns Detachment. Yeah. The other benefit of these Thousand Suns is, like, a lot of people, when Grey Knights were released, said the Possessed Bomb was dead because yep. Grey Knights just pick up Possessed, like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. And most of the stuff people were using to screen those Possessed were also demons. <laughs> so no matter what you were doing, you were, you were just getting wiped out. But right. this has a lot of gameplay into Grey Knights, so... Um, because he's got so many casters out of the Thousand Suns detachment, he's got that Infernal and Rapturous. Like, this list looks particularly like 
I'm going to make possessed bomb work. And whenever I see gray knights, they're going to be the ones that are scared. Yeah. Um, a lot of, because it has all the tools. Yeah. And a lot of targeted smites too. So you can go punk a lot of characters. Exactly. And yeah. which, uh, which have a lot of our current lists that we're, people are building into, like are heavily reliant on. Yeah. They usually have a bomb that's reliant on all these buffs from, from characters with the exception of maybe the paladin bomb, which doesn't need a whole lot. Um, pretty much every other list out there wants, you know, buffs from chaplains and, and captains, et cetera, et cetera. And he can take care of those pretty easily. Okay. I really hope you do get an interview with him because I'm I'm curious to see what he says about it. But that's my take, just uh, on on glance and uh, yeah, through just, it. Yeah, just something. Yeah, just had a look at it. Yeah, yeah just a few ideas. Yeah, just a, just a, few, just ideas. a few, few minutes. I would few I seconds. would suspect that even if I don't uh, trick him into talking to me over the internet, uh, that there is probably extensive coverage of this, maybe somewhere around Glasshammer. Um, you know, maybe kick the tires on Vanguard tactics. It's probably somewhere. So. Um, if yeah, we don't yeah. get Manny, he's probably talked about it somewhere and you, you might have to pay a shilling or two. Throw him a and, I will, and I will say this isn't the the first time I've seen this. Uh, I believe I've talked about this a little bit last week. Um, maybe not on this show, but maybe on Chapter Tactics, this kind of move towards um, Rubric Marines as the screen for the Possessed Bomb uh, because it does have legs, especially in that Grey Knight uh, uh, matchup, the one that they're most afraid of. Yeah. All right. Well... Um, I think we'll leave Birmingham at that because we don't really know what happened outside of that. You don't even have the third place list. Oh, I, I did eventually get it. I've just been lazy. That's Adam fine. Ryland essentially ran another uh, like Thousand Suns slash uh, Chaos Marine possessed bomb. Very similar to what Manny ran. So you, you see it's got legs. All righty. Well, let's uh, hit a quick bump or maybe talk to Manny Chima. Tournament News. Hi guys, I'm Manny Chima, one of the founders of Glasshammer Gaming and the head coach for the Glasshammer List Writing and Coaching Service, and you're listening to the 40k Stat Center. Well, there you go. Whether or not there was a interview preceding this, we at least got to hear from Manny for a few seconds, so that's nice. Sorry, I just wanted to say, it is Mother's Day uh, as we record this, and Manny said he needed to have tea with his aunties, so it's quite possible he's just too busy for us. <laughs> it is, but w- for good reason. Um, all right, so Barry Bash, a little closer to home for me. I was originally supposed to go to this, um, and then I decided not to for reasons, um, which we've discussed at length already. Uh, so that left the field open. I mean, because I was not attending the Berry Bash, uh, a 48 player ITC event run by Scary from Scodcast. Um, you know, I, I guess, you know, it was anyone's to win. Yeah, I mean, last year it had hit major status. We had the likes of TJ Lanigan there, Jim Vessel, uh, Val Heffelfinger. Mm-hmm. I believe you attended last year. No, um, no. Scary himself as a player, though. Um, so it was it was a big deal. This year they they did have a number of dropouts and uh, forty eight players. Like you say, uh, once uh, you remove uh, names like yourself mm-hmm. and others, mm-hmm. it does open up the field a little bit. But that being said, um, if you take a quick look at that top four, I don't think you're seeing a lot of surprises there. Okay, well, let's let's see what what sort of names are we looking at? Well, I mean, the event was won by Devin. Stop looking at me, Schwan, uh, running a double Paladin bomb. Um, you had in second place. Uh, you had uh, Dustin the Buzzsaw Henshaw, who was running a Ridge Runner list with uh, Jackals of all things. Uh, just, just like loads of bikes and uh, comboed with Ridge Runners. Loved the list. Uh, I believe he was undefeated going into the final round before he lost to Devin. <laughs> he was. Uh, I point that out in my interview with him. 
Yes, because it's it's very it's shocking and sad that they still decided to do six rounds only. I know we've talked up. Let's let's tangent for a second. Yes, we have absolutely. talked up the six round event mm-hmm. pretty hef- hef- heavily. Yes. You and I heftily, heftily, as it were. <laughs> but um, I don't know if it's necessary all of the time. Well, I would say like, it's necessary when you need that many rounds to determine a sole winner. But uh, yes. Battlefield, I'm sorry, a Berry Bash was one of the rare events where there was no undefeated player. Like literally everyone had at least a loss. Yep. And and it does occasionally happen. Usually when I see this, it's at like a very small GT. Like they hit that minimum 28 players and then day two, like eight people dropped out because they sure. were too drunk. <laughs> um, so then you kind of see that occasionally where the, the top place is four and one. Um, because you know the guy that was three and zero going into day two is past an alley somewhere. This just happens. Um, but yeah, so Barry Bash goes to six rounds. Uh, the undefeated uh, going into that final round, Dustin Henshaw goes up against uh, Devin Swan, who would be my nightmare to play in a final round, knowing that I'm the only undefeated player. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things. Like you have look you at that those Devin? cyborg eyes. I have I have uh, only met him at a distance, and I will say. Um, it's terrifying. One of my favorite, so my, just a little side and aside playing Devin. I really like Devin. I've gotten to lose to him a couple of times now at various tournaments. Usually he's way ahead of me in the, so I don't even get to lose to him. But in the last event that I went to, which was a small GT, uh, I was playing him and he had this thing where like, no matter what was happening and he was legitimately losing, he was very confidently telling me that I was going to lose and it just worked. He's, he's got some above the table, uh, action, uh, including, you know, maybe a, a very neutral demeanor, we might say, uh, that, mm. that give him a bit of a bit of an edge. But uh, he's he's actually a, a, a really great guy and wonderful to talk to about 40K, which you'll hear in my interview with him. Mm. Did you want to cut to that? Wow. Why don't we? Over to me. Me again. And we're off to the races. All righty. All right, Devin. Now it has been a week since uh, what I thought think i remember is your championship at the old berry bash uh yeah yep it has been a week well congratulations on your triumph oh thank you i mean you might go down as the last um canadian gt champion uh that 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 is possible at at least the last champion for a while everything here is pretty shut down right now what was it like on the ground there was uh was there a little bit of nervousness or was 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 this not fully sunk in yet? Cause uh, wasn't really fully sunk in. Everybody was sad that the bar didn't have Corona beer. So mm. yeah, it was that kind of feeling. So things were still ironic. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I was a bit surprised it went ahead. Not going to lie. Um, but that's cool. I'm glad it did. And you know, within, you know, another seven days, we'll, we'll know if it was a good idea or not. Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess we'll be finding out. The COVID. All right. So, Devin, you, um, I believe your words, not mine, copied uh, Lawrence Baker's list, which you and a lot of people have uh, have, have done. Uh, obviously, you had some great success. What were some um, differences, if any, that you, you had between how Lawrence has, has run the double paladin? Uh, yeah, so our lists are like almost identical um probably the really only the big difference is that uh, lawrence took voldus and put falchions on all his strikes and i cheaped down put halberds on mine and took drago um yeah it's pretty much the only difference now was was that like a, a models available restriction i i don't think so because even diogo i think played the exact same list as you as well right yes he did so those, um, those were choices 
Yeah. So when I was building the list, uh, I realized I didn't really need the third power of Emboldus that much. Um, but I did like having the full rerolls from Drago. Did you find that you were running it at all differently than Lawrence? I mean, he he's detailed how he was playing it, you know, here and on Art of War quite, quite specifically. Um, how did you, how did you enjoy the double paladin bomb? You know, it reminded me a lot of Death Stars yeah. from 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 seventh. And not because like I'm gonna put this invisible two up reroll windball unit in the middle of the table and you just can't kill it. It's a very uninteractive army hmm. where I'm gonna sit behind a wall and shoot you and you're just gonna take it for six turns and I'm gonna win. Okay. That's basically what it is. Like it's it's Pretty much I'm going to park 20 Paladins, shoot you out of line of sight with both of them, and yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. No, I mean, you did have a loss, so someone did something about it. What was that uh, about? Centurions did something about it. Turns uh, out ass- turns out Assault Centurions are really good at killing Paladins. Okay. <laughs> well, I assume they got to get the Who'd jump it? on you a little bit. Uh, yeah, like that was... um. Like, he went first, got the worst deployment. It was just a cascade of things just going wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, I, I probably could have done some things differently. Uh, but actually being able to stop stop the infiltrating aggressors that hit you turn one and then basically soften you up for the dozen assault centurions that, that'll be dropping on you on turn two, it is really hard to do. Um, so... Aside from that, uh, did you describe how your your victory, your your crowning moment was achieved on that top table? Were you just hiding behind stuff, shooting shooting to victory? Um, yeah, pretty much. Uh, so a little bit of like backstory about the Berry Bash and me. Um, I've won best general at that tournament like four years in a row. <laughs> And overall, it was always evaded me by a few points. And I was like, not going to let it slip by me this year. Uh, so really, at like that final moment, it was like probably turn four. Um, one of the other top tables had came in. There was like a high score. And I was just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to go and try and get like a 40 point win. I think I went with 36 in the end. Um but at that point in time, like I was just doing the whole hide behind walls and shoot you with paladins trick. Yeah. So, and that's like one thing with the army, um, when you're in a situation like that, where you need a big win, like if you're in the running for a top prize and you need the extra points, or if you're in an event where you can have two people that are undefeated, mm-hmm. um, or if you just need to break out and get points for whatever reason, like team, team knowing, environment. yeah, knowing when to break the castle and actually go for it is a big thing. Like if I'd broken the castle one turn earlier, I, pr- I probably would have lost hmm. honestly, but pretty much like what you want to do with this army is pretty much sit back and just kill one or two things a turn and just score your points and know that when you've hit the point in the game where you've killed enough of your opponent's army that you don't need to really worry about them retaliating when you jump out, mm-hmm. that's that's pretty much when you go for it. Okay. And then what what are you going for in that case? Like just maxing out any other options you got, like uh, hold more and sh- stuff like that? Yeah, so I was getting hold, kill, and kill more every turn. Okay. Actually, Dustin didn't kill a unit until turn three. <laughs> or no, sorry, the Kellermorph plonked a apothecary on turn two and then he killed a strike squad on turn three and that was i think all i lost for the whole game that's rough 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, cause I, cause I was getting kill hold and kill more every turn and he was getting hold and hold, hold more bonus. Yeah. Cause it was the, you know, the mission six, the put a character on three objectives and, you know, GSC biker characters are pretty quick. So they're going to get to be on objectives as much as they want. Yes, sir. Uh, so going into like turn four, we we're actually tied on primary. Actually, the game was very close um, going into that turn four. So I knew at that point in time, like if I kept it going as it was, I was probably going to win by like two points. Mm-hmm. So but, low grinding win. Yeah. But like I said, I wanted overall. So I figured, you know what? Not really much. He only had three Ridge Runners left. And I'm like, OK, I'm 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 just going to go for it. Again, it paid off. So that's that's and pretty sweet. Because uh, mm-hmm. I think what last two Berry Bashes have been TJ Lanigan. Is that right? Uh, or maybe just the last one. No, the la- no last year TJ TJ won last year. Mm-hmm. The year before was Josh Death. Oh wow! Okay. The year before <laughs> that was Dan Platt. Yes, sir. All right, Pete. The year before that, I can't remember even who was the year before that. Dan Platt, by the way, still with us, just not you know out there as often. Um, all right. Well. Congratulations, sir. Um, do you have any advice out there for uh, folks now facing a, a great deal of social distancing while we wait for uh, the COVID nonsense to resolve? Uh, paint your models. Devin. Devin. Which is advice I, I'm not going to follow. <laughs> so what are no, you going to do? Uh, probably just play video games and work from home. Yeah, fair enough. I think that's that's a good that's a good rule of thumb. Are you going to hit that tabletop simulator? Uh maybe i don't know i've never actually really looked at it never tried it nope it's it's, it's a way it's a way to play i've, I've i own it along with like a hundred thousand oh. other video games i've never played but <laughs> um you know i've got i've got it so there you go maybe maybe we can we can get some reps in all right well maybe but probably the most important advice i can give everyone stay inside just please stay inside I agree. Um, all right, Devin. Well, I appreciate it. I thank you for your time. Um, and uh, I, I hope you uh, you fare well in all of the imaginary GTs you play in your mind for the next few months. I will be sure to win them all. And thanks to the magic of editing, we're now back with Peter the Falcon. And I realized after we went to that interview that I kind of meant to do Dustin Henshaw first. But hey, whatever. It is what it is. Such is life. Um, I do want to make a quick correction. I had said Dustin had come in second place. In the end, he'd actually come in third, being bumped on uh, battle points by uh, Jeffrey Panderada, who was best known uh, for the Muscle Beach list that he uh, initially created way, way back in a time long forgotten. He was also running uh, a Ridge Runner list, although uh, kind of a more uh, contemporary one, um, mm. similar to the ones that you that we saw back at the um, Charity Hammer event um, using Gene Steelers. I believe he had an Exocrine is the is the the new tech he added to his version. Uh, so while similar in that he decided to bring a, a bunch of buggies uh, like Dustin, uh, it was different in that he didn't have the super cool motorbikes. So unfortunately, Jeff, even though you came in second, you're third place in my heart. Fair enough. Uh, now, before we uh, get to the interview with old Dusty, uh, anything you'd like to point out about his list? He does talk about the use of ATVs and uh, the reasons behind them, but uh, anything else that you liked about him? I called it the the um, Frankie G and Papa list because I seem to remember Frankie running a bunch of bikes really, really early uh, in just yes. a call, but I might be wrong. 
You are 100% correct. Frankie super talked up the rusted claw bike combos. Um, though, And they did see a lot of play, um, perhaps not to the extent that Frankie had been running them early on um, before the nerf to demo charges. Um, it was pretty common to see one or two, sometimes three decent sized squads of bikes with demo charges to just, you know, get in, drop a knight, etc. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, we haven't really seen them uh, this much and uh, successfully played in a long time. I was. Uh, this is the really awesome thing about that Iron Hands FAQ, is that we are starting to see lists that actually make me excited about the game again. Yeah, and it's stuff like what Dustin's playing, what Jeffrey's playing, um, even what like Manny played earlier. Even though we, I've seen the Possessed Bomb a million times now, mm -hmm. the the modifications we're seeing to these lists. It's it's really exciting. I'm really really interested to see how the meta eventually shapes out in three or four or five months time, uh, once we're allowed to actually play 40k again. Yeah, it's uh, well I've said in a few of the interviews, but uh, it's probably going to be another edition. But hey, <laughs> it, I mean even if it is, I can't imagine they change so much um, mm -hmm. that it uh, that it uh, you know breaks it from the ground up you know what i mean we'll so we'll have to we'll, we'll have see. to see we'll have to see so why don't we uh quickly go over to uh mr dustin henshaw uh for his take on barry bash so do you have any do you have any uh sheltering in place plans what what is your covid19 survival strategy uh strategy there dustin uh i married an italian woman so we already have a stockpile of food that will last us years i mean <laughs> so you're, you're why there's no pasta in any of the loblaws uh, well, we already had that way long before this was ever a thing so <laughs> yeah fair um okay so there's that any any ideas for keeping busy you got any games or anything you're looking forward to playing yeah i've got a couple games that i'm playing getting some random painting done of things that i've never like needed to paint but what the hell i may as well now yeah devin joe uh, i just got off the phone with devin and uh, he, he said that everyone should catch up their painting backlog and i and i thought that was funny coming from him and he said yeah well, he's not painting so yeah <laughs> and he's heard that's what people could do it's true. They can do that. I do have like a lot of Tyranids that uh, will probably never see the table, but they're not painted. Uh, they should paint them. What, it's almost like you have a podcast because that was an excellent segue, sir. Into, right. Into the topic at hand, which would be, I guess, a top table appearance for you, sir. Yes, it was. Uh, against the, the aforementioned uh, evil Devin, who I guess we'll probably hear after this part. Um, but you were rocking a little Forces of the Hive Mind, I assume? I was. Well, no, actually, I was doing pure Gene Sealer Cult because oh. that's what I did last year at the Berry Bash, and I wanted to kind of have a... That 100% pure Colombian Gene Stealer Cult. That, that's right. That's right. No, not even any Imperial Guard in there, just pure Gene Stealer Cult. That's delightful. So, uh, now, were you undefeated coming into the final round? I was. I was the only undefeated person yeah. coming into the final round, yeah. Yeah, rubbing that in a little bit for you. I had to. I had to. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, that's you know... Okay, so you're probably riding fairly high. I mean, were you were you had you done some like mental uh, reps or even actual reps against uh, you know the uh, now famous double paladin bomb? I managed to get one rep in in time uh, from a player that was kind of familiar with it, so I could at least get a little bit of an idea of what it was capable of. Because mm -hmm. there's a couple of things I wasn't sure if it was capable of doing, and now that I I saw it firsthand in uh, my, my test game, so I was a little bit more prepared than I definitely would have been. Because there was a couple of things that if I wasn't ready for it, I would have got crushed. Right. Because like, I just wasn't. I wouldn't have been prepared. Like I said, you had the because like, you read it sometimes and you don't 
you don't really see its effect until you see it on the table when it happens to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the, the, like, I mean, Lawrence did have that uh, sort of that final round game against Vic um, on, on his channel, which was great, but he didn't he didn't really make a good go of it. Um so, you know, you didn't really get a lot of intel out of that game. And outside of that, I don't know. I haven't seen any really good examples of it in action. So how did it... Uh, well, first of all, what were you running? What did you do? Did you do anything differently with your um, GSC? Or were you running something similar to what you've done in the past? I was running something pretty similar. So I was running my 45 bikes, which is pretty much my uh, my staple at this point. I love my 45 bikes. The Frankie but, G and Papa. Yeah, the Frankie G and Papa. Exactly. Uh, I've been running that for a while now. So... I've I made some uh, slight modifications to it because I needed some more shooting in the current meta because I didn't have enough punch in the rage phase because now that we have to really be ready for a good alpha strike because of uh, no seizing I need to make sure that I can actually do that and make it worthwhile for me to go first because everybody always wants to make me go first as it is because I'm a G call player giving me second turn is a very big disadvantage for them so you had some four by fours uh, added to I, this then I had nine of them sick. Yeah, uh, and I was, I guess still, they're not really my style, but again, because I need to have that alpha strike, they fit that role perfectly. Plus, when they're on the table with all my bikes, it just looks awesome, like a Mad Max style kind of thing. Like I, like, When you made that sound, it actually, it makes, actually made me think of Excitebike from Nintendo. That's what it reminded oh, okay. me of. Okay, that, work, that works for me, too. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you had a pretty good run all the way to the end there. So you I must, did, you must yeah. have played some of Canada's finest. I did. I, I in fact played uh, two of the Team Canada last year for my, in my run there, and another uh, very very well known player, Diogo. He's also a fantastic player, playing the exact same list as Devin. Okay. So it was not an easy not an easy tournament. <laughs> so a little false confidence, perhaps, after Diogo. No, because there was I got really lucky when he rolled deployment. They both made me go first, which is already again I, I hate having to go first, especially against that that list because mm-hmm. there's nothing I can really do. But I got really lucky when he rolled deployment because he rolled a two and a five, so it was already it was dawn of war, nice. which meant I could actually get into his face whether he was hiding or not on first turn. Okay. So that made a huge difference because I actually managed to get a first turn charge off with my acolytes into his one of his paladin bombs and killed his librarian that had the fire and fade power. That made a huge difference. Very nice. Okay, and then so what uh, what transpired a little differently against old Devo? Well, first of all, because I didn't get rid of the fire and fade power, because I couldn't, I didn't have a chance to, because we got hammer and anvil on that one. Right. There was no way I could have got rid of that, which means both of the paladin squads were basically functioning at full strength the entire game. Yeah. And they were, I assume, just sort of either popping in and out or just standing behind something and shooting you. Yep, 100%. One was doing one, one was doing the other. Interesting. That's, that's, that's definitely uh, how you're playing that. And the problem is with paladins shooting at bikes... Uh, my, my bonus armor goes away with negative two. So the, normally I'm a four up, but a negative two just goes away because that's mm-hmm. just how Rusted Claw works. And when your storm bolters are firing like 40 storm bolter shots at strength five, negative two, two damage, kind of deletes bikes. <laughs> that's harsh. That's harsh. <laughs> well, it, it's pretty harsh. So I had to basically throw him a bike squad every turn and then have a, a character sitting behind uh, all the objectives so I would get uh, the bonus every turn and still at least get hold more. Right. I had to try to get as big of a lead as possible and before he did too much damage to my army because starting turn four or five he'll come out and start getting like four or five point turns so i knew i had to get as big of a lead as i could before that happened yeah and i mean devin did say that it was close so what was yes. what was sort of the turning point where did where did it slip away from you 
Uh, it was turn uh, turn. I think it was turn five when he came out. Yeah. Once the moment he came out, because again I couldn't do as much damage to the paladins, and by the time he did come out, I had like I still I had screens as far as the eye could see, as far as I could. But he managed to get into like he managed to make a uh, nine inch charge into the uh, objective I was holding that would kept me with hold more. Yeah. Because he had bottom a turn, it was easy to kick me off. So it, he started getting five point turns on turn five and turn six, even though I still got the bonus every turn. Yeah. But that swung it just uh, just at the end. There. I, I was ahead the entire game until until the end there. And I believe. And, and where did you wind up finishing for the weekend? I finished uh, third overall. Okay. Hey, hey. You, you know, a lot of times top table people get bounced like down outside of fourth place. So that's, there you go. Good finish. Yeah, no, I was very happy with it. It was, like, and I said, I had great games. I can't be upset about it. And uh, like the list, I I said it before too. My list was not fully optimized for the meta, but now right. that I've played it a couple times, I made a couple tweaks, and I'm actually really happy with it now. <laughs> yeah, and, I'm, and uh, I think we were talking a little bit last week. I don't know if you listened, but uh, Peter yep. seems to think that uh, maybe the GSCs, the, the death of GSC, has been uh, overstated a little bit. It has the death of aberrance is definitely true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you feel about it? It stands in in the meta. Like, what 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 can it actually pull off? Especially in the sort of post base marine fac environment. Well, the post base marine fac is definitely very good for us because that was one of the hard counters to. I won't even say hard counter, but one of the more difficult matches we had. But I fought like one of the new intercessor spam lists piloted by Jeff Brown, like a guy from Team Canada last mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. and I and I beat it. Mind you, it was again another very close game that uh, I had to pull points out of my butt but mm-hmm. it, it was it's a, a list that we will have always have trouble with regardless of the fact it, just, it changes now but GSC is still in a good spot like it's it's so it's because of the aberrance I, I, I'm gonna just outright say it it's because the aberrance went up points so many like so much and that was just the the staple of all the G's that are called lists. Like people are like, okay, bring 20, 30 aberrants because they're just so good and so worth their points. Yeah. Now that they're worth, they're, they cost more than like a Centurion squad. No. Like, all right, <laughs> they're not worth it anymore. <laughs> yeah. But it just forces us to use different tools. And it's kind of like the Space Marines in the same sense. Like, yeah, the Leviathan and stuff don't work as well anymore, but it's forcing them to bring other things that are still good. They just play differently. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a, Bit of a curve on that one, and there's a lot yeah, of pain sure. involved on any pivot that you make with. GSC. Oh yeah, yeah. That that's the other thing because we have cheap point costs, so there's a lot of different models to change. And luckily, I have a very extensive collection. Yeah, but, and yeah, a really, GSC, GSC really still- simple but effective and repeatable paint job. I love your army; it looks gorgeous. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Before before I leave you, any any parting thoughts about the uh, I guess uh, the post Space Marine fact pre COVID nineteen meta. <laughs> I'm excited to see how crazy the meta gets after we are able to start playing tournaments again. Yes. There's there's going to be like the meta is going to I'm going to I'm using air quotes because I like to do good radio right now. I'm oh, using good. air quotes. So uh, it's settling right now yep. mainly because there's nobody playing it. But depending on how long it is until we get to a tournament again, there's going to be so much new shit on the table. It's going to be, it's going to be crazy fun. It could could even be a new edition. Well, Dustin, congratulations on the great, great showing and uh, for for having a fun run with a fun GSC list. And if anyone wants to check it out, uh, go to 40 K stats.com. Uh, unaffiliated with this podcast for the record. And of course, Dustin, where could people hear a really probably in-depth blow-by-blow of your tournament experience 
co-hosted by a wonderful human. Uh, it's actually a really popular podcast I heard of called Stud or Scrub. You can find it anywhere on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It's everywhere. Just uh, check out the latest episode, and there's uh, there's some in-depth talks about some of the games there, experiences, and the guys on there. Just just a joy to listen to. Absolute joy. Stud or Scrub, you decide. You decide. You decide. Thank you very much, Dustin. You have yourself a wonderful night. You too. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends you new cartridges, so you never have to think about ink. Save up to 50%. You'll pay less than $5 a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com slash instantinkspotify. Tournament news. This is the best general, Adam Abramowitz, and you're listening to 40K Stat Center, your number one source for 40K news and tournament information. Adam Abramowitz, the illustrious, somewhat former host of the Best General Podcast, a podcast on hiatus. But what's not on hiatus is the good works and deeds he's doing, getting the message out about uh, a little bit of social distancing through his work at the Army Painter and the support of the Army Painter. So I think that's pretty cool. Shout out to Adam. Yeah, big shout out to Adam. And you know what? I want to give a shout out to the Battle Brothers podcast. Um, this week they did a Facebook Live. Usually it's only for their Patreons. I believe they said it accidentally. They ended up sending it to the public. And rather than shutting it down, they they ran with it. Uh, Sean Naden and uh, Juice and Austin Wingfield had a lot of really good stuff to say about you know things you can do for social distancing, talking about the game. Um, but they have also said like they're going to start doing like open um, you know Twitch and facebook live streams of themselves just chatting with people um to kind of get them through this time and i i really respect that it's something uh, that i think we should all like think about like what can we do for the community when we can't be together since it is such a like a social despite the uh you know the the common uh, misconceptions about the game it is such a social game yeah um like big ups to them for for what they are that, that what they're doing as well ah i think that's super cool and yeah i mean little bit of a silver lining this is the age of the internet as well we have a lot of ways to although be somewhat isolated and stuck we have a lot of ways to reach out and have genuine connection with other human beings so i think we are fortunate to live in the time that we do live in uh for that very reason and um yeah i mean you can use zoom skype uh duo whatever you want to do yep. uh, you can i'm use probably going to start an asmr channel for you guys um I'm just saying oh, yeah. bye-bye saying bye-bye <laughs> Uh, Hour, hours of that and maybe i'll read uh i was saying as a joke i was going to read uh, 40k literature on our twitch channel oh. uh, that we've only ever used for lvo yes. but i was only going to mouth the words you'll have to actually figure out what i'm saying but i figured it would <laughs> it'd be cool i i do i would i'd be happy to do some readings uh that's hilarious and a wonderful idea well uh, you know whatever we can do to keep people happy Absolutely. And not going insane. So why don't we, to that end, talk a little bit about Rumble at Rumford, a 40-player ITC event won by King Kong Barkowitz. I yeah, think, I we think had I finally a, said his name right. 
Yeah, I, I think it's Bartkowitz. Um, he goes by King Con. It's on his shirts. Uh, it's it's the best nickname people have thought I've given to somebody. Lovely. Um, and uh, but he he's a great guy. We had him on two weeks ago after he won a, a similar event mm-hmm. of similar size with this um, you know new old not Anari Anari list where he's got his you know double uh, shining spear bombs, his dark reapers, you know all the things that we grew to fear two years ago. Um, he's brought back and is making us fear them all over again. Um, he had a really good run, went five and zero. Oh. um, in the finals, he ended up beating, uh, Robert Lloyd running pure Admech. Uh, so kudos to Robert because Admech have been really struggling basically since LVO. Uh, they had a decent record going in and have just been like having their souls crushed up till now. Do you, do you, so do you have any particular insight as to why that may be? They were thought to be maybe one of the beneficiaries of the, uh, you know, space Marine nerf. They were, but the, I think the big thing we've seen, and you can still you can see it in the stats as uh, as we go as uh, the weeks progress, is that um, they don't have a psychic awakening book yet, and people right. have finally right. now that you know the marine meta has toned down, people are finally able to take advantage of some of the you know psychic awakening bonuses and boons uh, that uh, you know they'd previously been missing out on. Uh, for example, like Tyranids, uh, for a long time, uh, were thought to have one of the worst psychic awakening uh, books. Blood of Ball was amazing for Blood Angels, but a lot of the Tyranid stuff was very unit specific. But yeah. um, Tyranids have been performing gangbusters in the last few weeks. Um, um, almost, I'm seeing consistent four and ones, um, several, uh, one or two five and O's, um, and the lists are all over the place. So it's a real big kudos uh, to probably Games Workshop and the testers to some degree that once they figured out why they broke Marine so much, the game has come to this really cool place where we're seeing such varied lists from armies that have not been competitive for a long time. Yeah. Unfortunately, what it's meant is that uh, some of these armies that have kind of been on the have-not scale um, due to Psychic Awakening um, are now starting to struggle right uh, admech is one imperial knights although we'll Not be talking so a little bit about one of them um but still generally imperial knights renegade knights uh de- demons as a as like a codex list like mm-hmm. they, they've all struggled uh, without having that psychic awakening bonus i mean but so to, we'll have to see how it all plays out to your point though the i mean Last week we had you know almost a clean sweep of of Ravengard. This week not at all. Like this week we've had some pretty varied podiums across pretty much all of the the, the different events. Yeah, and what we're seeing, uh, and sorry for the rumble at Romford, folks, that you were you were super excited to hear us talk about you. We've decided to make this a stat segment. Um, is is we're like we're starting to see the the like form of what our tier list, I guess you could call it, for 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 lists in the current meta are. Um, Ravenguard still performing very well. They didn't dip very much in this last week, even though you know they didn't have any wins. Um, they still had a number of really good performances. They're still sitting at about a sixty percent win rate. But right with them, we have Nids and Genes. Steeler Cults also at about a 60 and uh, Grey Knights. So we've got these kind of like A tier that seems to be building and we've got enough games where we can see that it's probably not going to move too much mm-hmm. of Raven Guard, Grey Knights and um, Tyranid slash Gene Steeler Cults, like huh. the, the forces of the hive mind. Yeah. Um, and then we've got this huge swath of armies that are between about a 48 and a 52% win rate. 
Um, and that's kind of the beauty spot for me. I, I was talking to Reese about this recently. Um, you know, when I look at things, because I know that uh, GW, if if they do look at the stats, they they really don't go as deep as we do. We don't, we don't they don't look at round loss and T whip as much. Yeah. Um, they're really just interested in win rates. And even though win rates aren't always the you know the key factor, we've we've said that so many times. Um, for me, if if that was what I was going to look at, anything between about a forty-seven and a fifty-three. Mwah. That's like the, that's the key. Usually those guys, they're doing good. Right above fifty three, they probably need something tweaked. So right? the uh, the Yanari, not Yanari that uh, King Khan has been running. Have you seen it appearing anywhere else uh, before? We've you- seen. Yeah, we've seen it a few places, um, but not uh, like this. So uh, Shining Spears have seen a bit of a, a comeback. Dark Reapers um, really. There's no such thing as a comeback for them. They've always been good. Even when people said they were bad, we were still seeing people run them. Mm-hmm. Um, the like night spinners and things like that, they're everywhere. Uh, the interesting thing is uh, that, you know, Eldar as a whole have not been doing as well in the post Marine FAQ um, as they were uh, kind of in that when Marines were on top, which I think was is a uh, counter to what a lot of people felt. Um, Eldar were at like a 57 percent win rate with Marines uh, at their top. And mm-hmm. like the only thing they were losing to was Iron Hands. Right. So I think a lot of people were like Eldar are going to just dominate the meta. And, then and what we've happen. seen yeah, well, what we've seen is all these other lists have started to come up. You know, that now that people are able to test again because they're not afraid of you know the boogeyman. Right. Um, and we're seeing like uh, guys like King Khan are now like the the uh, they're on the low end. Like they're the, like the, there's not that many of them that are actually pulling out these huge num- these huge wins with uh, with Eldar. They still sit at about a fifty percent win rate, mm-hmm. uh, but that's perfect. That's what that's yeah. kind of what we want, right? So yeah, I'm I, I'm super excited. Uh, congrats to King Khan pulling off that win against Admech. He did end up getting a, a mirror, like a sorry, a rematch against Thomas Dooch. Huh. I don't know if you guys recall uh, when he was on last week. He had met or two weeks ago. He had mentioned that his his nightmare matchup was against Thomas two weeks ago, right. um, and that he basically only won because Thomas made a positioning mistake. Um, this time, it doesn't look, at least on paper, like that was the case. He he absolutely gave Thomas a good old butt. Open, right. like a 32 to 22 win. Um, still, you never know with those point scores. That would be the only question I'd have for him is how that rematch went. Um, but overall, yeah, congrats to King Khan. Congrats. All right. And just while we're over in the UK, uh, I would love to highlight because I did get a little interview with him, a friend of mine, uh, Ace Face, a.k.a. John Hickton from the uh, Twisted Dice channel and podcast. And mm. he, was, he, was, he, he won an event uh, running... Uh, kind of like a Tau mech list, very similar to uh, the previously mentioned Devin Swan version of this list that was uh, being run last summer. What did you yep. think of uh, the the Ace Face take on uh, the mech Tau list? Well, uh, the one thing I'll say about Ace Face is um, that he is literally the devil on everyone's shoulder. Um, if you've ever, uh, like, if you play 40K, that's just who he is. But I really, I like the mech list. It got a lot better with uh, with the Marine nerfs. I'm not sure it's like an A tier list. I believe Tau have better options out there. But, I mean, you can't argue with results. 
I guess I guess you can't. But uh, and also, John's not here to argue with you. So why don't we cue up my little interview with him? Uh, because he has a bit of a different take, pretty aggressive stance on how good he thinks this list is. But we'll oh, yeah? let, we'll let you we'll, we'll let him uh, tell you all about it. Okay, here we are with John Hickton, aka Ace Face. Do I ever? Am I allowed to use your real name? <laughs> Yeah, you, you absolutely can. Unlike some people, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not embarrassed about that. <laughs> I've no idea who you might be talking about. It's me. No idea either. Um, it's you. It's me. Um, so, Ace, I guess I, I at least you have a super cool alias. Um, apparently, you won an event recently. What were you running? I was running towel for a change. You weren't. <laughs> run, you don't 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 just be like I was running towel. You were just running towel. You were running a version of towel we have not seen in these parts in some time. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's a quite a um, an out there list in 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 the scheme of things. There's a, there's a lot of talk when the new towel stuff came down the line that uh, that this particular build or the or versions of this build were not still the the best build. There were too many counters to it. They weren't they weren't the way to go. Um, so you know, I, I kind of wanted to test that and and the kind of the the tech that I put in it. I I just. I, I disagreed with it. I think, you know, th there's just so much in this list that is so vile, to be honest. It, it just, uh, it needed testing and it needed putting to the test. Uh, and yeah, it's, it, it's very different from, from what you're seeing at the moment. Yeah. And we've, we've seen similar lists to this. Uh, Devin Swan was running something like this yep. in 2019, 20, 2019. Was that last, just last summer. Yeah, That's crazy. Yeah, 2019. <laughs> um, yeah. And Devin actually, he won a GT as well this, this week, uh, stealing, um, uh, Lawrence Baker's double paladin list. So there you go. There's some reciprocity going on across the, the pond here. <laughs> um, so yeah, why don't you go over quickly, uh, what, what's in your list? Cause I'm just going to holler, uh, that there's two remor uh, remor stealth drones, which is just batshit crazy. Uh, what else is there? Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's three uh, detachments. So it's two of the custom detachments, which are the uh, gifted pilots and hardened warheads. So basically, making the most of all those extra AP on the missiles to really kind of give them a little bit extra sting. Particularly on the smart missile systems, they suddenly become really scary for marines or anything else that wants to cower and cover because ignoring cover straight away, so they don't get that two up but then also having an additional minus one means they're always really in trouble when you start firing those things at them and i've got masses of them in the list so both the the battalion detachments both consist of of those and the gifted pilots um means that all the tanks when they stand still or move less than half distance are re-rolling ones to wound and obviously any wound manipulation is is some of the strongest you're going to get in the game so those two things in themselves suddenly take that 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 kind of mech archetype and take it up quite a few notches um, and then the list is is the third detachment is a farsight detachment which is a flyer wing and all the farsight stuff heavily benefits uh, flyers because they're so rapid they're always going to be pretty much within the 12 inches for the get a marker light and the six inches if you want them for re-rolling ones to wound mm -hmm. so the whole army pretty much re-rolls ones to wound so in the in the two so I've got two battalions they're more or less the same so we've got um, a five 
Fireblade and a commander in one of the battalions. The commander is a uh, Cold Star commander. He's got the four missile pods. That's great because again, you're maximizing the use of that um, of that custom strat or custom um, tech. We've given you the additional AP, which is really handy. The Fireblade gives you a, a reliable marker light. Then we've got uh, three minimum units of Fire Warriors, but in each Fire Warrior unit, I do have the Shazui with a marker light. Again, just going for as many marker lights as I can pack into this list. Um, in heavy in heavy support, I've got uh, three Sky Rays um, with all the standard shenanigans, but uh, they are really, really heavy lifters in this list because one, they come with those smart missiles, but also the Seeker missiles get the benefit as well with the additional um, AP. And when you're strength eight standard, and then you're going to reroll ones to wound, when those missiles light up, they really light up well. So we've got three of those. Um, so that's the that's the first battalion detachment um, in the second battalion detachment I've got very similar build up but this time I've just got two um, of the fire blades and then I've got again the same three units of fire warriors with the Shazui with the marker lights um, and then in the heavy support of this one I've got three hammerheads um, the additional thing with the hammerheads is I've also stocked them out with as many seeker missiles as I can mm-hmm. just to maximize the use use of that so we're just kind of just putting as many seek- as many seeker missiles in the list as possible um i've got grek in there because he's probably the best 20 points you can spend in a tail army uh, just for the opportunity yeah just jump up and do some mortal wounds sometimes you know my in my second game he pretty much you know took out the final gene stealer in a in a big massive 20 man unit to give me the kill more so sometimes he can just come up clutch for you so he's mm-hmm. he's a cool little tech in there um sit on a backfield objective and just uh, uh, abuse the character rule as well from time to time so he's really cool um um, and then I have my flyer wing detachment, as I said, which is far sight. Um, in this, I've got three of the Sunshark bombers, which I always thought were rubbish until I used them, and they're <laughs> absolutely they're, they're they're incredible. They are absolutely incredible. On paper, they look like nothing, but when you team them with all the far sight goodness now from the new book, so mm-hmm. they're almost always going to be rerolling ones to hit and then rerolling ones uh, to wound. But on top of that, you have the ability to do their standard bombing um, which is great but then with the new farsight stratagem of being able to do additional mortal wounds uh, when they go near something so um, at, you can pick up to three units and then uh, you can do up to d3 mortal wounds on every unit within three inches of those units so oh, all right, it, gets all right. bit, gets, it gets a bit crazy real quick that's right? actually uh, <laughs> super sweet so what's up with the remora drones because that is one of my favorite tau units and and you got two of them here. So it's again going along the same story of trying to get as many seeker missiles in as I can. So each one of those remoras has two seeker missiles. They've also got a marker light inbuilt. And what it does is it gives me the ability to maximize use of that stratagem because they've got quite a small base so they can get in little gaps, mm-hmm. make sure I'm doing as many mortal wounds as I possibly can. They're, they're great at just holding space in the board because what this list also does is it, it really can congest the board really, really quickly. 
because the other bit of tech with those Sunshark bombers is the drones, the interceptor drones. They move 20 inches, which yeah. no one sees coming. Uh, so you can just, you know, unload those. They move up 20 inches. The remoras takes a load of real estate as well. The bombers go to the back of the board. You, you're you're moncaring with your tanks. And before you know it, you're taking up three quarters of the board with, a, with an army that on paper looks very static yeah. because it's just bristling with guns. Yeah. So, so, so that's that's kind of and and that they can be just quite a nuisance with those those burst cannons. They can because they've got that little inbuilt rule where they don't have the minus for 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 moving. So they they can really kind of get in get in little gaps and and snipe out characters. Um, uh, you know, I think there's there's probably some play in the big unit and kind of abusing it, and mm-hmm. that's what a lot of people are looking at. But just having two little individuals, they in my list, what they tend to do is just be little nuisances. Mm-hmm. They're not they don't tend to be high focus, high value targets for the opponent to go for, but quite often they can they can just be be really, really useful at just kind of just taking real estate and, and, and doing work. Now in the, uh, I guess the later versions of Devin's uh, list like this, he, I think eventually he moves away from the, the Sunshock Bombers. Obviously he doesn't have the Psychic Awakening tech, but he also, he, he picked yeah. up, I don't know where he got them, um, you know, the factory is probably offline these days, but uh, he, he got these sort of the heavy support uh, high missile, high yield missile pod um, hammerheads. hammerheads, and that's what he was he was running yeah. basically three of those and three of the other guys. Do you think that might be if you had it? Would would that be a good addition to this list? <laughs> I think they're about 30 points too much when I looked at them. So they're, they're basically a broadside in a tank. So that's kind of, kind of, they have almost exactly the same damage output of a broadside. Mm-hmm. So they have the advantage of being having fly, so they're not going to get locked down, yeah. but have the disadvantage of being a few points more. And also uh, they don't have drone support. They also so, have, they have a hammerhead's uh, weapon skills, ballistic skill too. They do, they do, yeah. So I, I like them, but I think they I still think they're, they're thirty points too much. And I think with the with the access um, of the psychic awakening stuff, the um, the the sunshot bombers just offer way too much because they give you such a lot of mortal wound um, output straight off the bat. Mm-hmm. So it means that you can straight away start to really pressure your opponent from turn one, which I think that sometimes if your opponent has the stability with say things like paladins and what have you, they probably have the survivability to be able to shake off the the smart missile systems and hide from everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of think that those the, the ability to really kind of pressure them and kind of mess around with uh, with their deployment because they don't want to they don't want you flying over the, flying over them and bombing them once mm-hmm. and then landing next to them and then doing more mortal wounds. So you know, so it's kind of. It, it's just that extra threat and that extra angle that the list goes with. So it goes with mass output from the first turn with all those seeker missiles. It goes with mass. Um, you can't hide from me, um, with the, with the smart missile systems, but it also goes with mass mortal wounds as well. So it kind of, it kind of hits you in the three different angles. So it's when, when you look at it on paper, you, you, you're a bit confused. You go, Oh, are you spamming missiles this way? No, are you spamming missiles this way? Are you spamming mortal wounds? And the reality, is it's pretty much doing all of it yeah so do you think this list has uh has legs or is it uh you know this was a smaller gt really fascinating top four here you've got yourself you got i think a nine broadside uh list um coming in second uh you've got let me just scroll you got my boy gav 
He yep. he, he was rocking the uh, the double paladins, and then uh, and then it looks like Blood Angels kind of uh, bringing up the uh, bringing up the fourth place list. So you know you probably went through some interesting things. Do you think your list has actual legs, or was this sort of just a nice run for uh, for an off off metal list? I'm going to go pretty extreme and I'm going to say I don't think there's a lot that can stop it that's currently in the meta. Um, I just think that particularly in ITC with now a lot of ability to manipulate your deployments, this just outranges almost everything with so much alpha strike or beta strike ability. Um, And unless you have tons of ignores cover, you pop the stratagem for prepare positions, all your tanks are on a two plus, they're all backlined, but then still have the ability with Moncar to hit everything more or less first turn. Um, It's, it's got so much vile shooting. I mean, so four of my five, games were pretty much over by turn two um it it just hits you so hard i mean i i think this goes through iron hand horde quick enough um again mortal wounds will do it and those seeker missiles just a volume of shooting will take them down i think um i think probably it's its biggest threat is if you go full-on assault with say blood angels with three sanger bombs uh, and the death company and maybe you can go um threat overload on it and get into it uh i did in practice play a buffed up double sanger bomb um and it did now that, that I, list that list was literally there did you just not face it i didn't didn't face it didn't, <laughs> nah, i didn't face it um yeah i was i was i think i was fortunate i i, I think i can beat it um but uh but that's quite a tough matchup um because i think with that banner doing the maths i i have to get quite lucky and he has to get quite unlucky for me to get through all the stuff that will then be right in my lines um so so that's a tough one um i think the gray knights don't have the units to stay um i could just hit them too quickly um but yeah so but i i think it's top of the meta like literally i think it's it's amazing but we'll see we'll see whether players better than me get hold of it the great thing here ace face uh is that you know 40k shutdown for the foreseeable future (laughs) when it comes back it'll be a maybe a different edition so you can say whatever the hell you want this thing could have won lvo's for all we know <laughs> no, it can't be that list. <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible. Also, best best pilot. No one's gonna run this list better. You heard it here, folks. Now, John, yeah. before we uh, before we say goodbye, um, you know this this might be the last time we're talking to folks for a while. Do you have any pointers for people who are who are currently uh, setting off on their self isolation journey? Any 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 tips for surviving the next uh, couple weeks or months? Um, well, come and tune in to Twisted Dice would be my best advice. Absolute shameless plug. So, but we, we, we've got loads and loads to kind of occupy your time. So we've got a podcast, Tip of the Spearhead. It's a little bit, you know, a little bit on the adult side. So it's if you've got fragile ears, don't listen to it. But if you want to hear me and Salty Simon uh, just kind of rip the hell out of uh, all sorts going on within the community and within the meta, check that out. There's a big back catalogue there, which is, which is quite funny and entertainment. We've got um, battle reports going back for ages so each week we put out a glossy dice by dice battle report uh, we'll probably have another couple of those before you know potentially they'll dry up a little bit but we're going to do a lot more tactics and painting content for you to kind of keep you occupied in the meantime and we're very active on social media as well so definitely check out Twisted Dice for all your hobby needs um, as far as kind of keeping yourself occupied just get through that that 
that big hall of unpainted miniatures. That's what I'm trying to do. What are you working uh, on? Just, so I've actually got the um, crisis suits on my desk at the moment. Um, yeah, they're actually, I think, the, the fun way to play uh, New Tau. Um, yeah, they're that's... the way I probably would have played if I had enough time to practice it, but it's a, definitely a lot less forgiving than my list. Yeah, well, that's the way uh, Mr. Siegler's gone. So uh, so we'll see if, if we ever get to see him on the tables again and uh, so. if, if he's running that. I know on his, on Art of War, on their, um, you know, pay-per-view, pay, pay uh, he's been testing out various, uh, you know, suit lists like that. So I think, I think it's amazing. Yeah, I think it's amazing. It's fun. Hey, and a lot of people are thinking maybe now there's two builds. Well, huh, maybe you've shown uh, that this third build, which build, which already sort of existed out there. Now it's got yep. uh, some new life. So thank you very much, John, for chatting about My it. Pleasure. And uh, really lovely to get to talk with you. I hope to see you again real soon, man. Cheers. Cheers, Val. Tournament News. I'm Lawrence Baker. And this is the B-Bone from Tabletop Tactics. You're listening to 40K Stat Center. Well, all right. Our friends at Tabletop Tactics. I mean, maybe a, an excellent option for those folks who might be furloughed or taking a little isolated timeout for the next little while. Yeah, I mean, uh, they always put on a good show. Uh, the B-Bone is possibly my fourth favorite uh, 40K personality. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So, that's not too bad. He would still make the 40kstats.com uh, podium. So, that's fine. Yeah. It's a oh, yeah. Like if, I, if, if I had a top four archive uh, of uh, 40K personalities, uh, B-Bone would definitely be, be in that top four. <laughs> Unfortunately, when you know people like Val Heffelfinger, you know, that's one slot that's immediately taken. That's right. So. Fifth place is locked. Um, yeah. You know, actually, this is something I'm going to throw out there. One thing I've always wanted to do is to just go back and actually even just, just do a wins-losses recording and just see how hapless Bone has been on the channel. Uh, just from like a by the numbers perspective, I'd love I'd love <laughs> to see I'd love to see the win percentage of because I, I often call you know like uh, uh, you know Lawrence is a bit like the Harlem Globetrotters of that channel you know like he's mm. you know he's like bouncing the ball off their face before like you know eating an ice cream cone dribbling and like doing an easy layup like it's 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 kind of harsh so it'd be it, great it to see really numbers is to back that it, up. it is it is you're, like that is the best analogy i think you could make for it is uh is that lawrence is the harlem globetrotters to literally everyone else on that channel's washington generals that's right and kudos to you for knowing that the opposing team is the washington generals proving once again that we're on the same page everybody all right so what are we wrapping up with we're wrapping up with the maryland open maryland open yes so this is an event uh, run in guess where baltimore maryland <laughs> yeah and it was uh, initially it was going to be part of the uh, bfs con i believe was what it was supposed to be uh, part of okay. the con got canceled last minute um but um th the communication hadn't really properly gone out uh so they decided to keep going with the maryland open um they ended up with 28 players that showed up itc standard missions and um you know that that kind of areas uh, top players did still make a come out uh, shane watts uh, running uh, gray knights uh, who uh, you know, the player that has bounced around so many times now, I, I just don't know. I, I used to respect him when he played Custodes, uh, but now disappoints me. Anyway, uh, Ken Knox, who we had on the show a few weeks, running his uh, new take on Iron Hands with a Blood Angels uh, Supreme Command. I, and the eventual winner, Alex Brown, running. Did you take a look at this list, Val? I am uh, currently catching up to it. Um, looks a bit 
It's a bit of a throwback. Bit, a bit of a throwback. Look at that first unit in the list. I think that's the key component here. It appears to be a knight, uh, Cast, 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 Castellan? Castellan, yeah. Uh, something that uh, we thought was essentially extinct. Um, that dinosaur from a bygone age. Uh, <laughs> yes, Alex Brown made the Castellan work again. Now, sure, it was a 28-player event. Sure, he probably only played uh, the worst players in 40K. Um, <laughs> I, I joke, guys. I joke. But uh, yeah, he put on a bit of a clinic with House Tyrannus Knights. He had two Knight Crusaders and that Knight Castle and just putting out the damage. Um, and then the rusty, not, the rusty 17 was actually the Rusty 19 with two Honored Dune Crawlers. A hundred percent. So he um, was not taking things lightly. This is a pure damage. I hope I go first to Geek's Blood Angels <laughs> list. Um, because I don't know how he beats uh, a good Blood Angels list, but I mean, if he doesn't play them, he's he's in a really good spot. Um, I think that was the the one thing that uh, got messaged to me first was, "Are you sure that's the guy that won?" After I posted the lists last week, <laughs> and uh, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah." And he's like, "Well, did he play a Blood Angel Smat Captain?" I mean, he <gasps> it's House Tyrannus. He the guy his opponent would need more than one. True, but uh, still, it's it's a it's a great. It's great to see again, especially given we were mentioning earlier how poorly knights have been performing for the last like month or two. Yeah. Um, having a knight list top anything just kind of shows that we're in a better place meta wise. That's right. Just raising that profile. And sometimes the best strategy is just don't play your bad matchup. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> All right. Well, only uh, one last bump for old time's sake, and then we'll wrap this one up. A one. Tournament news. It's Diff and Adam from Down Under Network and Down Under Pairings, where we deliver tournament coverage <clears throat> so fresh, it's, it's in, in the, the future. future. And you're listening to 40K Stats. All right, that is a now defunct bumper. Down Under Network no longer exists. Became the out of Art of War Down Under? Something like that. Something like that. And uh, DUP announced some sort of thing with... Uh, 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 BCP, I think that was implied, uh, and, uh, then nothing. So we have no idea what's going on with our friends from down under. Yeah. I mean, it, it was something I was extraordinarily excited for, for 24 hours. Um, this concept that maybe they merged, maybe they're doing some kind of tag team. Um, but, uh, there's been really no follow-up and I'm curious as to where that goes because that has been something I've been talking about. For about a year and a half now that sh that I was hoping would happen. Yeah. So well, cross fingers, we get some updates soon. Hopefully something did indeed happen and that it was, in fact, good for everyone involved. Um, now we're at the end here. And uh, Pete, it's a bit bittersweet. It really is. I mean, um, this is something I love to do every week. But at the same time, if there's no events to talk about and if the ones that are doing it possibly shouldn't be... Um, there's no reason for us to record, really. That's true. And uh, I won't lie, um, my mind is a bit preoccupied by other things these days. Um, so there's that element, too. And uh, everyone's got to deal with what we're dealing with in their own particular ways. Uh, we're going to take a little step back. I highly doubt this is the last you'll hear from us. Um, and even in the next few months, I mean, I do tend to whore myself out to other shows. Pete's kind of getting into it these days. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I was on uh, Best in Faction this week. Um, so if you guys want to take a listen, we talked about 
um, you know, improving your game when you're not when you can't play 40k it's something that i have a lot of experience with living <laughs> in isolation already That's um, right. so compared to the rest of you my my quarantine has not really been as extensive uh, it has really just meant not going to the grocery store one more time per week there you um, go. other than that i'm doing what i always did anyway um but yeah so it's a really good episode me chuck um who else is on that show? Colin, I guess, is a guy that's on it. Mitch Pelham. We talk an extent, uh, extensively about, you know, things that they're doing to try and improve their game now that they can't get in, you know, uh, events. And me about, you know, what I've been doing for the past three years um, for that exact same reason. Um, and, we I mean, we've still got chapter tactics. Um, I believe this last week they had Reese on to talk about league play because mm-hmm. I think that is one of the ways that some of these events are trying to, um, you know, still get 40K in without without endangering people. So uh, offering up league matches where, you know, one, one-on-one games – so there's not, you know, 20 people in a room. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was an interesting show to listen to. Reece, I believe Reece Scarry actually, was on uh, as well. Reese suggested a Dawn of War tournament. Oh, man, that would be so cool. Um, I mean, we've talked about a Tabletop Simulator before. There's yep. lots of stuff going on. Lots of stuff. Yeah, lots of ways. Again, thanks to the power of the Internet. My number one thing I stocked up on was a uh, new gaming laptop. So I can nice. uh, I can actually do things, and I'm I'm uh, I'm hoping to join a, a Blood Bowl Two league that actually is being run by an actual league here in Toronto. So uh, oh, well, well that'd be exciting. I mean, I love the Blood Bowl Two. I just downloaded it on my PlayStation. I've got it on my laptop. Uh, I've been updating my wife's PC so that she has a better time gaming. Uh, Unfortunately for us, the only store that's closed in our little remote area is the, well, sorry, the only two stores are the gaming-related stores. Uh, my local game store for Warhammer closed uh, a week ago, and uh, the Source, our only electronic store closed. So I have to have everything shipped in. Which is very difficult. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's worse than it used to be. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's about it, folks. I want you to do your best to... Take care of one another. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Yeah. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. That's really about it. That really is about it. Got anything else to say? Bye-bye. This has been 40K Stat Center, a presentation of the Frontline Gaming Podcast Network. Like what we do? Subscribe to and rate us on YouTube and wherever podcasts can be found. Join the conversation. Follow 40K Stat Center on Facebook. You can also support the show directly by joining the Chapter Tactics Patreon and competitive 40K in general via the ITC Patreon or by grabbing a subscription to BCP. BCP.